Whether you agree with Andrew and think The Clone Wars is for kids, or you're on my side and see it as great for any age, this podcast isn't for kids. Enjoy the show. Okay, Andrew, uh, what did you think of these first few episodes? So when you approached me about doing this podcast, you told me that the Star Wars Clone Wars cartoon was good. So as we go on, we're going to have to talk about like what is good and how are these cartoons good. Because my position has been is that this is a kid's show and it should be treated as a kid's show. Good, bad or otherwise, those things are irrelevant as to whether or not this show is made for older audiences. So as I watched these episodes, there were a few things that stood out that indicate that this show is 100% made for kids. Okay, I, yeah, well, I... That's what you're going to have to, what I think, (laughs) before you can convince me that it's good, you're going to have to convince me that this is not something for my kids and that it's actually something for me, a 34-year-old, to watch. Well, I, I promise the Clone Wars is awesome. I promise. Okay. So we're watching a condensed and customized ordering of Star Wars The Clone Wars TV show. If you want to follow along, I've linked the ordering in the show notes so you can see which episodes we're watching when and when each of our podcast episodes corresponding to those episodes will come out. With that, let's talk about Clone Cadets, Rookies, and Arc Troopers. Those are Season 3, Episode 1, Season 1, Episode 5, and Season 3, Episode 2, respectively, watched in that order. Again, I've linked to a full watch list in the show notes. And if you want to provide feedback, you can email us at clonewarspod at gmail.com. We will be reading some of that feedback on air after the credits and discussing uh, what we agree with and (laughs) maybe what we completely disagree with. And maybe you guys can help me out in trying to convince Andrew (laughs) that The Clone Wars is awesome. So do you want to give us a quick kind of synopsis of these episodes, Andrew? Well, if you loved playing with plastic (laughs) army men, but miss the mechanics and graphics of N64's GoldenEye, (laughs) then you are going to love this arc. (laughs) Shock T helps a group of clones learn how to be a team and conquer the obstacle course through the power of friendship (laughs) while reminding everyone she's a Jedi every time she talks. (laughs) Later, the brigade of budget voice casting clones goes on a mission and stops obviously evil people from doing obviously (laughs) evil things. Yeah, I I mean, that that pretty much sums it up. There's not as much nuance here, but I just, I have to defend the voice casting, okay? Okay. The clones are voiced by uh, D. Bradley Baker, who everyone has heard some of his work. Are you familiar with him, Andrew? I'm sure if you tell me who he is, then like tell me what he's done. Yeah, so I'll just I'll just kind of read through his IMDb page here of the the stuff that he's done. So uh, Star Wars: The Bad Batch, he plays the clone troopers. Of course, that's not a surprise. He was in Muppet Babies, I guess, as Animal Sweetums and Dinosaur. Uh, Mr. Whale as well, I guess. Monsters at Work, which is, I think that's the a Disney Plus Pixar series. American Dad as Klaus. The Owl House, never heard of it. Vamprina, Blaze and the Monster Machines. The Let's go to some stuff we'd know him from. I'm sure you'd know him from Vampirina. Yeah, right. I mean, if you're already watching this kid's show, okay, okay, how okay. do we know what you're is, not watching What this? is Vampirina? It sounds like you know a lot about it. Well, it's made for little girls and me having a little girl okay okay i know about these kids okay shows, okay i don't i don't know what your excuse is <laughs> I, 
I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it, I promise. Uh, he plays Gremlin Stewie in Family Guy, apparently. Uh, he's in SpongeBob. Uh, let's see, where's Kate? Let's let's go back. He's in he's in the Mandalorian. He plays Frog Lady. You've seen the Mandalorian, right? Yeah, but not like I didn't pay attention to him. Yeah, so he doesn't he doesn't do like he he just does the voice for Frog Lady. He makes a lot of weird sounds. He's in Avatar: The Last Airbender as basically every animal. So like this is what I mean when I say budget voice casting is that it, when you're coming up with a, this show and you're like he's a talented voice actor he's a talent but this is what i mean when i say budgeted voice casting is it's like oh well we've got these five core characters and there's going to be like maybe 10 other clones who make an appearance yeah let's just get one guy to do all the voices yeah what now do you we've expect got like five they're characters clones. they're clones but we're only paying they're one clones. guy they're clones what do you <laughs> I know ex- but i'm just saying that's the budget part oh, is it's like is that is how that, do we save on the voice is, cast? is that what let's they did just make a is, bunch of clones is that what they did in attack of the clones they they just said oh well you know what how about instead of instead of paying different different people to play play each clone we'll just we'll just have tim morrison do all of it yeah. Oh, I know. Do you think people will notice it's the same guy? Well, they're clones. They're, it's, well, what, what do you they expect? did do in Attack of the Clones was they said, instead of hiring extras, let's just CGI the whole thing. No. <laughs> and instead of building sets, let's just CGI the whole do thing. Do you think that's, instead of building, that, that's why 100%. they did clones? That's why they did clones? No, they, I'm saying they saved money by just saying, we'll, CG, we'll, we'll copy paste and CGI this. You've already offended Instead you, of hiring extras. You, you've already offended me. But I mean, you're, you're, you're not wrong on like the costume thing. Thing, but Tim Morrison does a great job. Uh, okay, yeah, uh, I'm not saying he's a bad voice uh, actor. I'm just saying uh, it's the budget saving because it's like we've got one voice for five characters. Well, of course you've got one. Vo- they're clones. Okay, so yeah, but I'm just saying the whole concept is based on cost okay, savings. Well, right? I I don't think so because because Obi Wan Kenobi mentioned the Clone Wars before. Yeah, before. Okay, so okay, but okay. I have an I have another cool tidbit about the voice acting. Uh, you okay. know the young clones in the final episode in Arc Troopers, right? The the little ones. Yeah, they were played by Daniel Logan, who played Boba Fett in Attack of the Clones. That kid, the get him, Dad. Okay, that's he comes back to play the young clones. That, wow. Yeah, it's cool, <laughs> right? Okay, come on, come on. That's, okay, that's cool. No, that's cool. It's like wow, that's the one thing where they showed like a creative thought in this whole. <laughs> You don't, you don't think anything else in this episode was creative. These this arc is irredeemable. <laughs> irredeemable. Yeah, it is this if you're trying to convince me that this is not a show for kids, I'm, this is not the arc to show people. I'm I'm trying to convince you it's a great show. So, in order to get to great show, first you have to pass like right now it's ranking with me similarly like Barney the Dinosaur. <laughs> what? Right? Or some other kid other shows made for children, right? Or Paw Patrol. Or something like that. You've got to... You're... <laughs> in order to get to great, first you have to push past Paw Patrol. Okay, okay. Okay, that's our that's our measure. That's our, our measure, okay? Well, that, I'm just saying we're, that's the we're first... Gonna, the... We're going to rate this in in comparison to other other TV shows. Yeah, so you've got to we'll... pu- push past Paw Patrol first. Right now okay, we're at okay. Paw Patrol. Are, we're at Paw Patrol. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So... Yeah, I don't see a big difference between Assange Ventress and... Uh, Mayor Humdinger in terms of their dastardliness and overall predilection towards absolute evil. I think we should do a Paw Patrol uh, watch through so that I can become <laughs> so familiar that you can with understand. Mayor Humdinger. <laughs> thanks, thanks for joining us. 
uh, Mayor Humdinger. Um, <laughs> okay, so, okay. Well, okay, tell, tell me, what, was there anything in here that you felt like, I liked that moment? No. Nothing. Everything in this pointed to it being, it, I felt like I was watching a Paw Patrol arc. And and I've got some concrete reasons here for why this like this establishes okay. it as a kids show, right? Okay, okay. So first thing, Shakti. Yeah. Every time she opens her mouth, she needs to explain that she's a Jedi. Yeah. And that everything she's doing and what she's doing is because she's a Jedi. I mean, she's the epitome of Jedi ego. I yeah, think. that would be giving the show too much credit. It's more <laughs> like this show's made for kids, and we need to explain to these kids in a ham-fisted way what Jedi's are and what Jedi's do, and that Jedi's are bound by a code. And so she needs to present as this holy nun Jedi and always explain what Jedi's are doing because you're making it for kids. Je- Jedi do not... What What does she say? She says, like, Jedi do not make mistakes or Jedi do not... She's always... Jedi do not do this. As a Jedi, I must do this. As a Jedi, I have to do this. Have you seen The Next Generation, Star Trek The Next Gen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When Worf is like, Klingons do not make jokes. You know, he's right? like always... Yeah, saying that. And okay. So yeah. as a That's kid, when I watched Next Gen, it was highly accessible because they were always explaining everything they had to do and what everything was. Right. <laughs> Same yeah. thing with Shakti. It's like, oh, Shakti, I had no idea that Jedi were bound by a code to do certain things, but thank you for telling me for the twenty fifth <laughs> time. This is great. Okay. Okay. I. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Okay. I'll, right. So as I'll, a grown I'll up, I'm like, that. this is a little heavy handed. Right. Right. This is. Right. This shows me that this show is, this directs me to what the intended audience was. It's, right? it's very, it's explaining every, yeah. every little detail. Okay. It's explained, which is okay. great for a children's audience. So if you're telling me that this Clone Wars is awesome, dot, dot, dot for kids, then I'm starting to agree with you, right? Right. Okay. But it's, it's not for kids. It's, it's just a great show. Kids can watch it. I think kids can enjoy it, but it's just a great show overall. So I'd say based on Shakti... She's giving you evidence to the contrary. That's, that's your one litmus test. No, I've got a few a, more. A character here. with a catchphrase is your. That's your. No, I'm saying the okay. ham-fisted explanation of everything. But she's okay. not the only one who does that. Okay, 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 give us another. I know. So one other thing. This is going off tangent a little bit, but the Clone Wars was praised as like being the most photorealistic uh, CGI series of all time. Who said that? I don't know. It was on the wiki page. But anyway, I'm watching this and I'm like the graphics and I guess mechanics and physics feel like a cinematic from a 90s computer game. There's one time where a clone trooper throws his helmet on the ground, but it doesn't like kind of bounce or hit with a thud. It just kind of flops. You know, it's like a flat. It's It's like somebody just like a flash animation just moved the asset from one corner to the other. Yeah. And like when they... If you watch uh, the first Toy Story, there's a few scenes like in Sid's house where Woody kind of looks and then looks back surprised and it's real mm-hmm. clumsy movement, like yeah. amazing for 1995, mm-hmm. but very, very clumsy for now. And there's a lot of times where the clones or other characters do that. Like it's just real clumsy movement and it's like, this doesn't feel real. I've, I've watched some episodes in later seasons and it seems to improve over time, but in this first mm-hmm. season, like it is clumsy as Yeah, dumb. yeah, and that clone cadet's episode or the uh no the rookies episode is where they're they're doing the whole domino squad thing and they have to climb the tower and whatever the the one part that always sticks in my mind that i hate okay i'm conceding there are things about this show that i don't like but the one part that always sticks up in my mind is when uh what's his face the 
the general, not the general, but the, the bounty hunter, he, he like hits the guy. He's like, you're a real cut up, aren't you? <laughs> and then cut up's like, <laughs> he like does this weird, like snicker thing. And he's like, thank you, sir. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> he says, giving me my name. Cut up. I like it. <laughs> like, that always sticks in my, especially cause his face just doesn't look real at at all like yes they really look like they look a lot like the faces they look like the n64 golden eye sprites like i feel like i'm playing golden eye yeah yeah well you'll be happy to know that and everybody listening will be happy to know that there are only four episodes included from season one in this whole series i think i only included four episodes yeah it's only four episodes from season one that got included in our whole watch order. So it will be over soon. And I mean, like... <laughs> and it gets better. Hey, to say that it's awesome, but you have to exclude an entire season almost. Hey, 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 I hey. I think hey. that speaks to... Hey, you know what? What? These things take time. This is art, okay? You, you, it's, they've worked on it. And it's a TV show too, right? You got to keep in mind the budget they're working with did that stop george lucas from making something awesome with episode four the budget the the budget that yeah, didn't yeah. stop him okay okay let's okay so next thing i think you see this play out in so many kids shows it's in power rangers it's in ninja turtles it's in paw patrol it's in everything a dysfunctional team of mis- misfits learn that they can conquer any obstacle if they just learn how to be friends. <laughs> it's the power of friendship. Right? So my daughter watched My Little Pony, big thing in that, the magic of friendship. Yeah. And through anything, they can resolve their differences through the magic of friendship. But that skirts the more what I call mature or adult issue of firing people from your team <laughs> or choosing a new leader. And that's a tough thing, especially when these people are your friends. And you have to do what's great for the good of the whole, even though you're going to have to hurt somebody that you're friends with, right? Sometimes you need to make a leadership change to improve a group. HR HR is a little bit more complicated than the Grand Army of the Republic because you can't like... (laughs) What are you talking about? They're dealing with, uh, you know, these clone, these genetically engineered clone troopers. They're manufacturing them in the hundreds of thousands. If we need a new leader for this squad, we can just grow one in a test tube in a couple months. But but they're put in this they're put in this group. They're individuals. Don't you remember what Shakti said? Something something work together. Something something learn. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, they're ham fisting this message of friendship and learning to work together. But really, you can see there's a dysfunctional leader in this group, who's always like, "Leave them behind." Really. That leader needs to be removed or changed. You need to make a people change. Or, and people need to face or, cons- or get more training. Or get more training. Or just like believe in the magic of friendship. <laughs> hey, it works. It works in a kid's show when you're trying <laughs> to teach kids to like get along with other people, right? Yeah, I, but like you're when you're trying to like that's a big thing that I've inve- me and my wife have been investing a lot of time in with our kids, and I think a lot of parents do is how do we get? We need our kids to get along with most other kids. Okay. Okay, okay, right? okay, okay. The, these few episodes have a nice, cute little lesson that you can tie up yes. with a bow. I, that, that Very much so directed it, towards it might children. Be, it might be kiddish. 
So we haven't we haven't graduated from the Paw Patrol stage because even like with my eight year old, he's starting to deal with some kids who are getting to be bullies and stuff like that. And the answer for dealing with bullies isn't like just figure out how you can get along. It's about like taking hard stances and and being tough and and being firm and doing everything that this episode does not show kids how to do. It shows me like it's even for younger than eight year olds, younger than eight year olds. Well, that's like the the audience for the you can fix anything through the magic of friendship. It's for like still like your kindergarten, preschool, let's all learn how to share the communal toys kind of message, right? We're not learning about setting boundaries or limits or giving consequences or accountability. We're not even there yet. Okay. Because okay. the audience is I so will concede. Young. I will I will <laughs> concede. Okay, the this arc is for children. Okay. Does that does okay. that does okay. that make you happy, Andrew? <laughs> well, I'm only on like point two and I've got like I'm, I'm going to start my own spinoff podcast just where I bash your bad opinions and, and talk about how Just bash how it you're here. Wrong. Bash it here. No, right because now, I, right I now, feel like I'm conceding. being attacked. I feel, I'm taking this too personally. Personally, kind of like how a kid feels about their favorite <laughs> show. Because I know, like, when I liked, when I liked Power Rangers, when the big kid down the street told me that Power Rangers was dumb and for little kids, I was very upset. Because I couldn't separate my own personal identity from from the Power Rangers fan within. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm into this now because my mom wouldn't let me watch Power Rangers or Pokemon or other kids' shows as a kid because so, they were too violent. So this show is how you're getting back this is, at Yeah, mom. I'm like, I'm going to watch the okay. most violent kids' show, Mom. I think at one point in time, there's an agonizing analysis and walkthrough of why they need to destroy the beacon. It's like, like it's painful. In Lord of the Rings, there's an almost equally painful analysis. Mm-hmm when they're talking about how to give Frodo more time and Aragorn basically describes creating a diversion. And then Legolas says, ah, a diversion, (laughs) right? As Aragorn's like, we need to divert Sauron's attention. And then Legolas is like, ah, a diversion. But this episode like turns the dial up to 11 and it's like, we need to destroy the beacon. Why do we need to destroy the beacon? Because then the ships will think it's still safe to pass. Why will they think it's safe to pass? Because there's a beacon. What if we remove the beacon? Then they'll know it's not safe to pass. But why won't it be safe to pass? Because the droid army's here. Why is the droid army here? Because they set up the beacon. And it's like going around in this big circle about why they need to destroy the beacon. Which, as soon as I heard there was a beacon, as a grown man, I was like, oh, they're going to have to destroy that thing because it's definitely causing problems. (laughs) We're going to have to destroy the beacon. But if I'm maybe five and I don't know what a beacon is, I'm going to need these... You know, I need Odd Job and Jaws from N64 to sit around and explain to me why they need to destroy this beacon in agonizing detail. But you know what? There was there was a sacrifice. Heavy let himself die. Yeah. Do you want to get into that? Yeah. Let's let's get into it. I thought that was heroic. It was a heroic death. It's impossible. How is it impossible? The the clone, clone troopers can't have heroic deaths. It's impossible. What? They can't self-sacrifice. They have nothing. <laughs> they were grown. They're genetically manufactured. There's a million of them. It's not a significant sacrifice when a clone trooper follows orders and, and gives his life. They're just growing more of them. It's like, how much do you care about losing a, a nut or a bolt? It's like, oh, I can get them for 15 cents at Home Depot. No problem. Okay. That's what clone troopers are. And there's a bigger issue about clone troopers, right? Where we could get into the the lack of humanity or discuss the personhood of a clone and what rights are they entitled to and and that is an issue, but we never touch it. Okay, okay. I 
I promise you by the end of this series, you are going to feel something for the troopers. You're, you're going to be like, okay, I understand. They're individuals, and, and I love them each individually. But do they get into the ethical they issue do. of... They, they do later of, on. Like, personally. They do later on. So we're going to... Okay, I'll, like, I'll stay judgment okay, till okay. then, but right now, every time they deal with clones and, and the life of clones and the value of life of clones, like, they really don't touch okay. it at all. The real big implications... We're, of dealing with okay. clones. Okay, I've already conceded this arc, this three-episode arc, is yeah. for kids. But I promise, yeah. later on, later on, like how much later? Not, like, not why that don't much. Because no, that? <laughs> you needed to, you needed to meet Fives and Echo. Because they're clones, and because I know they're clones, I don't care. Okay. Because it's it's really. I will make you care. Really I will make you care. Everybody listening, everybody listening, email us. CloneWarsPod at gmail.com. Email us reasons why Andrew should care about the, the clones. Well, right now, like the show so far hasn't shown me why I should care about these people. It's really, it's even bad at ham fisting the individuality. Like it is so, it's just like they're here and care because they're the characters in the show. Didn't you see that Rex had different hair? No. <laughs> Because I'm too busy being like, man, why do these guys look like Jaws from uh, Goldeneye? I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look up Jaws from Goldeneye. Jaws from Goldeneye. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Right? Like you know, pick up pick out any Goldeneye character, and it's like, oh, there's a clone trooper. How, like how how did I miss this? Just the same copy pasted asset. <laughs> yeah. The same character model over and over again. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. So get on, get on to your next point. Okay, so <laughs> later they talk about defending the home planet Camino, i.e., mm-hmm. the manufacturing plant. It's like your car is like, no, I need to go to GM in Oshawa to protect the plant from COVID nineteen. <laughs> Except it's life. It they they created life, but they don't like explore that issue of manufacturing life and and what is the value of that life and and what is the value of any human life when you can mass produce it and engineer it in any way you want okay okay so they don't get deep enough into the humanity of the clones which points which is great if you're doing a kid's show to sell star wars merchandise don't make it about merch (laughs) okay don't don't do that to my baby star wars has always been about merch right no no what was the first thing (laughs) that's impossible (laughs) what's the first thing lucas did with star wars a new hope that no director had ever done ever he negotiated for the merch rights (sighs) and and forego other royalties for the merch rights like okay so star Star wars Wars has always merch okay okay right two peas in a pod yeah okay okay well i don't know about you but i don't own any clone trooper action figure okay but i'm sure a bunch of listeners have like a glass cabinet in their mother's basement full if, of if if you Ahsoka, have that and they all probably have an ahsoka body pillow okay oh no okay <laughs> is that gonna get cut save save it save okay. it <laughs> uh, gotta save something for the next episode yeah yeah okay so they go to defend their home planet but i'm not buying into them having any tie to the manufacturing plant but don't you want there to be more of you you know like an airplane might defend a manufacturing plant from evildoers 
because then there are more airplanes. Sure, then let's talk about the implications to the war of the manufacturing facility for the soldiers being blown up. But let's not try and establish it as a home when we've never seen it as a home. We've right, seen it right. as a mass manufacturing plant. That does, like it doesn't make sense. Makes okay, sense if okay. you're kids, right? Because it's like, oh, it's home for these guys, these five random guys. <laughs> this is where they came from. That's their home. My home's where your... I came from. I love your kid's voice. That's <laughs> right? great. Well, it's okay. really good. Okay, okay, okay. I will anything, I will concede if they're trying I, to establish okay. these clones as individuals, they should have some resentment. People are going to think I'm giving up too much ground. People are, are going to think I'm a, I'm a pushover here. But I, I will concede another point. I think that the whole home planet thing is really like, a, oh, it's their home planet because we said it was. Like it's very, you know, they don't give like the full look of you see them growing up here. You see them, you know, I get, I mean, but at the same time in the clone cadets arc when they're doing their training, they do get... Uh, you know, th those moments like they're there, right? You see, that's where they live. That's all they know. It doesn't feel homey to us, but they spent their first, you know, quickly paced, genetically engineered 25-ish uh, years of life there. Right. So if I'm a kid, I'm not asking any bigger questions and I go along with that. Right. Right. But okay. there, like there was even a, a movie in the early 2000s called The Island with Ewan McGregor Scarlett Johansson, where they live on this island and they're clones and their purpose is to grow new organs oh, for the, yeah, yeah, the originals, yeah. right? And yeah. they come into these issues and, and we it's not that good of a movie, but they dig more into the issues and ethics of cloning life than this show does. And so they're, that movie deals with kind of the adult or mature implications. You're right. They should have had a whole segment on body part harvesting no i'm just saying it, the, the you're ethics right you're of, right you're you're right andrew i want them to harvest clone organs that okay that's you know, the your sarcasm is getting a little childish <laughs> okay okay kind of kind of suits the show N next point next point okay. all right so now we have assange double j evildoer and general grievous basically twirling their mustaches as they reveal their evil plot okay yes they are very obviously Evil. evil and not in, just in evil here. but like mustache twirling evil like right 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 yeah the this is this is true but what i will say that i like about them is that it shows their relationship as evildoers like they don't just get along you know they're they're a different type of evil right asajj is very much like oh you know i have the force so i'm i'm better than you grievous and they're both kind of these failed experiments of dooku Especially Grievous, because apparent. I mean, okay, and now you have to get into, like, the expanded universe and, and stuff to get more of the lore, which I guess doesn't really help. That's When like, we're telling a story about how the good guys need to get along through the power of friendship, then it makes sense that the dastardly evil bad guys are not going to get along. Because playing and sharing the communal box of toys at daycare is good, and fighting about sharing is bad. So the bad guys, of course, are not going to get along and achieve anything through the magic of friendship because they're bad. Okay. And the reason why they lose is because they don't believe in the magic of friendship and they don't share the Duplo blocks at playtime. Okay, fine, fine. Uh, one <laughs> okay. more. I have a fun fact before we move on to from Grievous. Uh, Grievous, the voice actor for Grievous in this episode, I didn't know this till today. Uh, when I was trying to find some interesting factoids I could I could share just to just to lighten the mood here a little bit. Grievous 
the voice actor plays Bib Fortuna in The Phantom Menace, as well as at the end of The Mandalorian. Who who, who is he's the is he's that? the Twi'lek like Jabba's right hand creepy white pasty oh, guy. Right. Okay, so that's right. the same the same actor, and he's not even he's not even really an actor. He is. Uh, he's the supervising, what's his title? Supervising sound editor for a bunch of Lucasfilm stuff. In, and and he's the supervising sound editor on Loki, WandaVision, The Bad Batch, Mandalorian, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. So he's like got his own <laughs> career and stuff. And then I guess he could just do a good general grievous for the show. So They gave him some lines speaking like Pig Latin and <laughs> talking with a cough. Yeah, yeah. Great accomplishment. Maybe he should start a podcast. Hey, I'm 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 proud of him. I think he's awesome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now my sarcasm's getting a little yeah, yeah 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 from watching this show. I'm learning, <laughs> just trying to keep up. The ugly, defective cleaner clone becomes a hero, showing us that everyone has value, and it's not what's on the inside that counts. It no, it is what's on the inside that counts. Or yeah, yeah, it's not what's on the outside that counts. Right. It's all about what's on the inside, right. which is. Very much a message you try to teach and instill in your children so that they can play nicely on the playground. Would it be right? so wrong to have good messages, positive messages and lessons learned in a show that's not for kids? Right. I'm saying that like by the time you become an adult, these value lessons should have already been instilled in you. You don't need to be learning them. You how need many, to be talking How many about- adults have you met? Because I know a lot of adults who don't know about friendship or sharing or, you know, it's what's on the inside that counts. So I I think these are lessons for everybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. It's like the Bible. Bible stories for kids to- told in the form of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Star Wars is way better than the Bible. So, yeah. I, I mean. So then we have an episode wrap up just to make sure we confirm all the plot details and to remind us all of what we've learned, <laughs> which is very classic children's programming. Right. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. I'm saying this is not made for somebody over the age of like. 10. Okay. Well, we'll work on that. Well, we now I know now I know where where I need to go to to bring you to the light. Show me that it's not a kids okay. show. Like, okay. That's step 1. Okay. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> so, is the Clone Wars awesome, Andrew? The Clone Wars is awesome for children. I hate I hate you for that qualifier. It hits on, makes... it hits on all the main points that you'd need in a good children's show, right? It does. Value value lessons ham-fisted plot details you can't miss anything that's going on and then we we circle up at the end just to make sure everybody understands what's going on and make sure we double down on the value lesson that's that's the way kids programming goes which is fine <laughs> okay so uh thanks for listening everybody uh again you can email us at clone wars pod again impress that was available clone wars pod at gmail.com with your feedback with your hate if you're angry at me or Andrew, for something we said, you can let us know in the email. We will be reading that feedback on the next episode, which will be out in two weeks from now, which we don't have an official release date, so I'm not going to give the official the official date. But two weeks from now, that next episode will be out where we'll read your emails at the end. And we will be watching for that episode... We will be watching Cloak of Darkness, Season 1, Episode 9. I look forward to ham-fisted value lessons, explicit plot details, and dastardly villains in the next arc. We, yeah, okay, we'll see. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Okay. This is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. <laughs>